welcome one and all as Fantastic Geek talks the Marvel Cinematic Universe at San Diego Comic-Con 2022. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody here today to talk about the wealth of information and really an embarrassment of riches coming out of San Diego Comic-Con 2022 for Marvel Studios. Yes, and at the top here, at the beginning, as Feige took the stage, he declared that Phase 4, surprise, is over. You know, except for Black Panther, Wakanda, forever. But Pete, uh, in November, the end of Phase 4, that of course had started with WandaVision, uh, Phase 4 almost at an end. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, there were a number of surprises to come out of this panel. The, The scope, I think, being the biggest but that all right boom here's phase phase four and it's end this as clickbaity stories there is no direction for phase four uh hey phases four five and six there's your multiverse saga yeah particularly you know i think increasingly there's been kind of fan backlash to the backlash which is to say as some people complain there's no form to it people say well what was the form in phase one like it was getting to know these new people and they're starting to come together um and there was the culminating event with avengers but that you know it takes time and what we've seen here with characters like shang chi um uh, sam wilson as uh, captain america the umpteenth return for loki and so forth, uh, Ms. Marvel, uh, on our list, Pete, even though not on the Phase 4 slide that Kevin Feige shared. But um, again, just this notion of we are adding characters to the MCU and growing slowly, not you know rattling towards some, some culminating endpoint for Phase 4. To look back from what this type of presentation has been to what it is now. And again, the sense of scope that we have moving forward over the next three years. Um, It's immense. I wonder if we've kind of hit the peak of it. I mean, clearly pent up over the course of the pandemic and the inability over the last couple of years to do something like this side note, Matt, as we discussed off mic before, uh, do yourself a search for, uh, SDCC and, and COVID, uh, you know, on the interwebs and, and see what, what pops up. There's been a lot of discussion on that, but to look at the last time they did a presentation, like this and then obviously the rejiggering of dates and projects and and where they would be um there's going to of course be some difference that level of separation um but the super ambitious nature of this going forward i think for anybody else daunting here you know we've we've come to expect it Yeah, and I think, you know, again, for as much as some people are saying, you can't even trust these slides because look at how things changed, you know, the last time they did this in 2019. And then we're hit with a global pandemic that that, that impacted both production and release. Like, yes, there's a certain fluidity to it as needs arise and so forth. But do I expect... Like, it's unfair to say, here's 5G's slides from 2019 and look how things changed. Huh, you can't believe them. Like, okay, <laughs> there was a, there was one little thing that may have impacted that original schedule there. Um, but looking ahead to Phase 5, uh, it starting officially with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, and includes things like Secret Invasion, which arrives next spring, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, uh, and Echo, which is early summer. Loki, which is late summer, uh, and Marvel's, the Marvel's, pardon me, which is midsummer. Uh, I'm not qu- quite sure that we should be sure at this point whether that's the 
like complete order like does echo predate the marvels and does loki come after the marvels that much they're still keeping vague on but i mean that's that's quite an offering let's say for the next year it is and to think that not only they've announced past this but they're planned well past everything that they announced certainly says something i think there's some issues you know what they showed of ant-man and, and the wasp quantumania i've had in my pocket for a while now um everything in the black panther trailer uh i've heard about um i have nothing on uh the marvels so there is a blind spot out there there's not a blind spot on you know the two closest films which i think says a little something maybe matt some of those overworked uh effects houses uh are you know letting things slip right through their fingers certainly it certainly could be uh i know looking later into 2023 we now have a date for blade which will be november 2023 pete worth remembering that at the last marvel san diego comic-con which again was july uh 2019 that was kind of the oh and wait one more thing let's put on these hats that say blade that's mm -hmm. right blade coming played by mahershala ali um and at the time it was just like wow it'll that how great and here we are again for obvious reasons there's been a delay but here we are wow pete it'll start filming in october for a November 2023 release. Wow, I I still can't wait and I'm still excited for it. Uh Mahershala Ali, whose voice we heard in uh Matt's favorite uh MCU film, Eternals, uh in a post-credit scene, but uh that we've had uh Cottonmouth, uh that we've had Cornell Stokes here. Um the actor cast as blade not unusual that marvel would reach back for something that you know to to recast someone in a in another spot um but i think super interesting in, in that okay here you you've got the date now again the pandemic has fouled everything up in terms of scheduling and and all that uh and and now with the slot and how they work into that yet the number of things they had announced and and done since then that don't have projects anywhere on this slate hey where's your shang chi uh follow-up i think Pete, on the one hand, are there openings, let's say, um, are there openings from 2024 on where you could say, surprise, we're also doing Shang-Chi 2? Um, yes. I also think, particularly when you look at some of these newer properties and newer actors, I, I just am reminded how Marvel has moved to these kind of more flexible contracts and the idea that, yeah, you know, it might be a little bit difficult to convince a, a Hemsworth, let's say, to like show up in Loki season two and be a supporting role in Blade and be a friendly appearance in Ironheart or something like that. But you know, because he's an actor of a certain stature and so on and so forth. Versus, could you get Simu Liu? Well, first of all, can you do a contract ahead of time that has that flexibility in there? And could you have Simu Liu's Shang-Chi show up in, let's start with this, Pete, show up in Secret Invasion? I think there's lots of possibilities there for a number of the top-tier characters to show up um, and whether it's as their scroll versions or whatever it might be. So I think there is that, that possibility there where, you know, maybe I'm not expecting, Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm not expecting Captain America to show up in the echo show, but I wouldn't rule it out in uh, the Marvels, let's say. 
Yeah, I mean, anybody can show up anywhere, and and we've established that. Uh, but that you have back-to-back films in Shang-Chi and Eternals that the only character directly referenced in all the announcements made yesterday was something that was previously announced in blade who shows up at the tail end of eternals and yeah you're getting carryover from uh shang chi into uh she hulk attorney at law that you're gonna have abomination there that uh wong is going to show up there in addition to some others but i was just kind of surprised that there's not individual projects for either we know how they favor the the team up aspect these days and it's funny matt no more avengers movies right you know we've we've been told that repeatedly we don't do avengers movies anymore we do you know the stealth avengers movie well pete stick a pin on that (laughs) for for a little bit later in the schedule um we, of course, had mentioned Blade in November 2023. Pete, let's look ahead to spring 2024, okay? Pete, the people on Twitter, they did it. Hashtag save Daredevil, okay? Spring 2024, Daredevil born again. 18 episodes starring Charlie Cox as a title character. Vincent D'Onofrio back as Fisk. Pete, it's what they said all along. Hashtag save Daredevil. Same cast, same crew. Season four of the Netflix show, it's happening, right? Well, we saved him and Fisk previously when uh, they appeared in Hawkeye and Spider-Man No Way Home on, uh, you know, consecutive days back in December, right? So first that happened. But two, what really gets my attention with this announcement 18 episodes like what (laughs) i have a couple of thoughts first of all well first of all pete under the under the marvel pr umbrella a lot of these tweets and stuff on instagram it was like i I forget the exact phrase but it was like happening now in hall h announcement um i'm trying to think of trying to find something here on the schedule that was previously announced being my point um Happening now, Hall H announcement, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, February 17th, 2023. And it was like, wait, it's not breaking news that you just said that. It's only breaking news that it was just discussed in Hall H. Uh, or, you know, breaking news, Secret Invasion, Spring 2023. Again, it's not breaking news that there's a Secret Invasion show. The fact you've now given a a season and a year for its release that's actually the news so i think similarly it's how some of this stuff is worded where i take a little bit of an exception to it but 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 pete i really want to drill home can we give the victory to those hashtag save daredevil people since charlie cox and vincent Sanofrio are now back didn't they already have the victory? I mean, we, we'd saved them once before. Well, I, I feel like. I, I saw somebody on Twitter, like essentially saying like, and I'm, I'm rephrasing here. Essentially it was like, I can now lay down my sword for hashtag save daredevil has happened. Here's my point too, Pete. Maybe there are further announcements coming just as I got off a little bit of a tangent there. 18 episodes. Do I think it's going to be 18 consecutive episodes starting sp- spring 2024 i would bet you right now no way no how i would bet you it's gonna be nine and nine a season one season two spring into summer and then whatever something you know something like that similarly pete where's the rest of the daredevil cast right that was part of the hashtag save daredevil thing which you you and i are always like let's bring back the show We, we never ascribed to same cast same crew no changes and I ask some of these people on Twitter. So, like, when you say same crew, do you mean like, like the lighting guy and the dolly puller? Well, well, no, yes, no, yes, no. Uh, what I mean is like the creatives. Okay, Pete, did they announce the the creatives 
for Daredevil Born Again because I didn't see that they brought back the behind the camera people, just that they brought back two of the, what can we say, four to six beloved actors from the Netflix run of the show. Yeah, and to think, Matt, by the time we've seen this, those two characters will have been played by these two actors over a a 10-year span, over a decade between the Netflix stuff and and this, um, which I just find fascinating. I think there's more to the casting here. Uh, Eagle Eyes have noticed that on on, uh, Disney Plus, Jessica Jones now uh, on its title screen reads, a.k.a. Jessica Jones. Um, And I I think there's going to be more coming there. Well, Pete, Gone is... Agatha House of Harkness retitled I think to a better title Agatha Coven of Chaos because everybody can understand immediately what Coven of Chaos means versus House of Harkness like you know it was Agatha all along how many people how many people know in their heart of hearts that it was Agatha Harkness versus Agatha something else and to say Agatha Coven of Chaos with those strong you know, sounds as well. Uh, it's a really solid title there. And that's coming in the winter 23 to 24 range. You can change a name. Don't drop a project. Win-win. Um, you know, there's been so much speculation. Where does Wanda turn up next? That's a logical landing spot. And uh, yeah, we we all wanted more of uh jessica hahn and uh to know when we'll get it and to understand its slot here in in the super large picture of a, a closed finished off phase and hey not just the next phase but the next two phases Yes, and Phase 5 wrapping up with Captain America New World Order uh, coming out May 2024. That's your, your Sam Wilson Captain America, if you, haven't, if you haven't caught that in the last year or so. Um, and then Pete, chugging along through 2024, uh, July 2024 will be uh, Thunderbolts. Pete, what are Thunderbolts? They are your anti-heroes, clearly not the comic, um, you know, roster of them. What we're likely going to get, uh, led by Julie Louis-Dreyfus's Val, is going to be, you know, Baron Zemo and uh, Yelena Belova, um... And then, you know, who they'll choose to add on top of that. Will they do Abomination? Uh, you know, U.S. agent. U.S. agent. Uh, you know, the, the ins and outs of that team, not completely spelled out, but a lot of uh, likely suspects. Um, really, really looking forward to that. And, and again, in light of, you know, my my joke and i couldn't be happier that there are still avenger movies but what that's going to mean exactly with the nature of phases five and six and how that all plays out is going to be far different than what they've done before as it should be doing an anti-hero movie would not be my instinct um however a i trust the golden gut of kevin feige and b as i'm saying this i'm reminded oh wait haven't some of the best dc movies been you know anti-hero movies i.e suicide squad and so forth and i mean not that guardians Uh, of the galaxy i'll correct you the suicide squad (laughs) indeed indeed uh and And not the guardians of the galaxy yeah 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 so i think it's a good um I think it's a good move to make like can I do I think it's going to be a 200 million dollar opening weekend for Thunderbolts? No, but part of all of this is you know, do a budget that makes sense for the property. 
Um, and sometimes we don't want to hear that as consumers or as, you know, kind of rooting for the creatives. Like, ah, oh, give them whatever they need. But if if somebody in accounting says, you know what, Thunderbolts we think is going to make $600 million worldwide. So let's make that budget 125 and we're not going to go over 135 but you know whatever that might be it, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a, a, a rip-roaring adventure um pete speaking of adventure okay there was also reference made to she hulk it was confirmed although i feel like this also didn't need confirming because it was confirmed a while ago but confirmed to be a 30 minute action comedy and uh pete would you like to say more about she hulk right now well one more thing on the Thunderbolts and I, I think tangentially connected to She-Hulk beyond the other major absence we're going to talk about on this slate in a moment because of, of rights and studio. Um, there's no Deadpool three on here. Uh, but if only somebody's associated with the Thunderbolts and now that mutation has been uttered in the MCU, thanks to Ms. Marvel, uh, somebody could show up there and then get, if not the greenlit Deadpool three movie formally announced, um, as she Hulk breaks the fourth wall in her trailer. Um, there are dates that Marvel has claimed for untitled releases, um, which that was not part of the San Diego Comic-Con presentation, but but on, on the quote-unquote official schedule, which is just like a Hollywood thing where people go, callsies, I make callsies. Um, there's untitled Marvels uh, in 2024, 2025. Uh, all of 2026 are untitled Marvels. So yeah, this is not, this is not the end all and be all in terms of the film schedule. Um, bringing it back to TV, um, there was a great, great She-Hulk trailer. Pete, maybe we'll hold off fully discussing that trailer uh, ahead of our She-Hulk podcast, uh, which will be kicking off in the very near future. But I do have a question for you, Pete. Uh, <laughs> are those batons, the batons uh, belonging to who I think? Yes, they are Daredevil. I mean, you're going to have... a show about a lawyer why not have another superhero lawyer show up makes too much sense right yeah to think i mean it's worth it's worth remembering you know at the time when daredevil and the other marvel netflix shows were canceled um on the one hand we kind of understood that there were larger corporate reasons it's not that netflix was a baddie to say we want to stop giving a whole bunch of money to Disney now that Disney has moved into streaming. It just, you know, it, it was just business. But it is worth keeping in mind, Netflix was the one that canceled all of these shows and did make these characters all free agents to now be showing up and delighting us versus like, oh, let's just continue to do eight episodes of Daredevil every 18 months or whatever. Like, it could have been kept in a box. But Pete, I look forward to seeing more of the Batons and its lawyer owner uh, in She-Hulk and discussing that more in our She-Hulk podcast, uh, which we'll be we'll be recording in the very near future. Yeah, really, really excited to talk about that with everybody. Matt, we're you know almost inside three weeks here. Hard to imagine that that's already the case. Coming off the the ride, the importance that was Ms. Marvel. Yeah, and speaking of important. MCU TV shows, uh, again, Secret Invasion coming out uh, spring of next year. And the big question there, as Kobe Smulders took the stage to represent the show, who's a Skrull? You know, we know Sam Jackson and Don Cheadle and others uh, will be starring, in fact. Amelia Clark. Oh, yeah, Amelia Clark. Um, Who is a Skrull? (laughs) (laughs) It's maybe the most impressive MCU cast for any project period um just in terms of acting acumen uh, i mean i guess you could say okay for the avengers movies at a certain point you sit and go oh my goodness they have 28 of the most famous people in the world for endgame like i i might concede it there but ju- just for a for a a non-all-star presentation or a non-avengers giant crossover kind of thing but um that's a show too pete that i feel like 
we we kind of understand the particulars of okay fury returns and he's been hanging with the scrolls and who's a scroll and who isn't but i don't have a real sense of what that show wants to do and what it needs to accomplish you know there's a lot of mystery there and i think that's a good thing and considering too matt just talking about ms marvel and the marvels um monica rambeau last time we saw her and the connection there with the scrolls so i think there's so much going on beneath the surface of that show particularly given its premise of you know they're going to break our hearts as they did in the comics that this beloved character has been uh simmed that uh you know we thought all along, oh, you know, hey, I really love this guy or gal. Oh, no, they're a bad alien. And and weirdly, you know, I, I know sometimes we talk jokingly or not jokingly about, you know, kind of the, the modern corporate entertainment push to, to add value to the back catalog. The notion that in the best of circumstances that no mistakes have been made, no Spider-Man eight years later mistakes have been made. And you could sit and go, wait, what? I'm trying to think of a character. Like, who, who would break my heart? Like, Ned in, Sp- in the Spider-Man movie? Ned has been a scroll since when? Since since Infinity War? Like, wait, I need to go back and rewatch and understand, you know, understand the particulars. So just a lot of potential there in that show. And then with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, what was shown... Uh, you know, one before the cast came out and two, once they're there, uh, I think, again, I, I talked about the particulars that have leaked before, but now once they showed that to have it be confirmed is to say the least interesting. Yeah. Uh, add to it the beloved Paul Rudd saying he doesn't know what he's allowed to say about the movie. Um, which I just feel like it's classic Paul Rudd. Like I know they all know what they can't say. And I'm sure they've all been prepped with like, so when you go out there, you're going to fill 30 seconds by saying this was great and inspiring people is amazing and whatever it is. Um, but Pete, Paul Rudd evergreen. Well, come on, man. Scott Lang has a podcast. He, in the footage, tells uh, he who remains, Jonathan Major's character, that he's an Avenger, to which uh, Jonathan Majors, who is playing Kang, uh, he who remains, says, I am a conqueror. Um, add to that... Uh... Pete, I think something that nobody necessarily saw coming, that MODOK will appear in the film. And the... Pete, I must confess, has it been a rumor? Has it been confirmed prior to this? All I know is officially 1,000%, 3,000% confirmed now that Bill Murray is in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is just bizarre and wonderful and beautiful. I heard it. I didn't believe it the same with the Modoc stuff and really in what they showed, it's a blink and miss it moment. Um, so that Modoc was just officially canceled. Uh, the, the last remnants Matt of, of the old Republic have been swept away. Uh, will he be voiced by Patton Oswald? I think is the, the biggest question. Pat Oswald, who already is voicing the elf or whatever that appeared at the end of Eternals. And but, but Pete, perhaps he'll be available for Modoc because I really genuinely, my heart of hearts think we're not going to see Eternals too. Can we see those characters show up in team up adventures? And can we find out that, uh, I don't know, Jon Snow, who I think was in that movie or might have been his brother or they were both in that movie, but could Jon Snow or his brother be a secret invasion scroll? Maybe, but Pete, I know this, uh, that, that I don't know, there's a special place in my heart for the Ant-Man films and I feel like just as the Thor films from one to two to three 
grew in quality and esteem and financial uh, viability and so forth, I feel like that's where things are headed for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. May I make one prediction? Uh, another project uh, not followed up on is going to show up in one that was announced. Sure. I think you're going to see the Moon Knight cast in the Captain America film. That could be, that could definitely be fun. Um, yeah, I think there's, there, there's, there's so much, there's so much potential for all in all these spots. I mean, again, secret invasion keeps drawing my eye, but you know, blade has a certain vampire mysticism to him. Blade creature of the night, uh, you know, also moon Knight territory you know like there's just tons tons of potential here pete i hope well, we're not that's where you're gonna get your your john snow again i mean come on that that one shouted out to the other gotta be where black knight shows up right i guess i guess pete let's maybe i'm a little down maybe i'm too down on eternals pete once upon a time, okay, James Gunn banished for forever from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, and of course we now know about six days later, Disney realized they had made a oops a daisy, and in that time DC had swept him up. Fast forward to the Suicide Squad. Fast forward to Peacemaker. Uh, but on this day uh, that we were reflecting on, which was you know yesterday, uh, James Gunn returns to San Diego Comic Con for Marvel. Talking Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, triumphant return as he spells out the end of this Guardians era. The footage there, uh, particularly that of a, a baby rocket raccoon, they're, they're going to do the origin story, um, as well as, Matt, re remember all the way back to Volume to 2017 and the introductions made at the end there, which we'll talk about in a minute, but they, they went to an oldie, but a goodie. Remember your, the Loki invading San Diego comic-con. Yes. They took a page from that, uh, actor Chuck Woody, Iwuji, uh, who's playing the high evolutionary kind of, attacked the crowd and came out, you know, took the stage in costume is a probably better way to put it. Uh, Pete, from the available pictures that I, I mean, look, the costume, great. Mr. Iwoji's uh, presence and, and all that, you know, fantastic. Uh, it did seem to me from some of the pictures that uh, some of the cast seemed unamused by this particular stunt. Well, watching what happened there, I think it played a lot better than perhaps you were able to see, uh, I would think connected with the rocket storyline talks about wanting to dissect the attendees at San Diego comic-con. So what would make more sense than, you know, taking a raccoon and, and doing what was done to rocket, um, that, and the aspect of, high evolutionary a character we thought we were maybe looking at in herb on uh wandavision and here you know news in the last mm, probably like six weeks was going to show up in this film and and now in costume and character at this convention speaking of characters it revealed that maria bakalova will be presumably just doing the voice of cosmo the... no, she did motion capture for it Wow, um, that must have been an interesting motion capture session. Um, she did but... have a scene with Rudy Giuliani, Matt, so she's, she's not ready for anything at this point. This is true. So she's officially playing Cosmo the dog, which I think, not even I think, I know we had glimpsed, what was that, in the Collector's Collection? Yes. Um, and, and Pete, the cast that took the stage there, they were, you know, especially your your you know, your Chris Pratt's and so forth, emotional about what the film series has meant to them, what the characters have meant to them uh, across all these years. And you can really see the emotion on their faces. 
could not see the emotion on the faces of Zoe Saldana and Dave Bautista, who were not present at uh, at the panel. Well, Zoe Saldana is making 15 Avatar movies simultaneously. So, you know, she she's not allowed to to leave that. And Bautista's absence was curious. Um, again, I think there's only so much space on the stage for each of these. There's only so many people you need to have directly on hand. There's no secret that not everybody's going to survive. This Guardians of the Galaxy film uh, seems like gun will be done with them uh of course continue to work on really whatever he wants after he's had this just breakout phenomenal success with both this franchise and the uh you know uh what have we called them before the distinguished competition dave batista has a higher opinion of the future of his career uh, than I do, and I hope I hope he is right because uh, I, I I wish him nothing but the best. Um, but yeah, he's probably the most out of the Guardians cast, if not out of let's say the MCU cast at large. He's maybe the most vocal about being headed towards bigger and better things. We will see. Pete, I know that what we did see when we talk about the cast uh, was also Will Poulter as Adam Warlock, who was teased forever ago in a cocoon or something. Pete, what is an Adam Warlock? So at the end of uh, Volume 2, 2017, big plans for Adam Warlock, who was key to the uh, Infinity Gauntlet storyline in, in the comics. One of the other characters to wield it there was a lot of speculation at the time. Oh, all right. That's how they're going to do infinity war. And of course that came and went and in between was, you know, the banishment of James Gunn. And then, you know, the entire cast, uh, you know, essentially demanding he be brought back, uh, and then needing to wait out a schedule with two DC projects. But, you know, just back to Bautista, this is a guy who said he'd go through a wall for James Gunn and, and what he's meant to his career. And, you know, the the stuff he's done of late, he was offered a spot in um, the Suicide Squad and then something uh, of a little bit more of a feature role came up. And, yeah, and then, then didn't go through a wall for James Gunn, but... But, well, yeah. but hang on, hang on. I, I do think, you know, he is a big part of the reason that that gun was brought back. Um, and I, I don't think it's disingenuous there that he he doesn't appear, uh, you know, not knowing currently what he's working on. And, um, you know, it, it is what that is. But back to Warlock here, uh, a lot of people believed he was the antagonist in the film and interesting that he's not. I think that, I mean, we're all psyched for, uh, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I think that maybe the property has lost a little steam with the kind of the one-two punch of the 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 gun firing in return and then COVID and so forth. So I, I hope it's such a great movie that I walk out of there saying, wow, they need to green light volumes four five and six right away. If not, if they are really just going to lean into, this is a natural end point. Um, if that's where they're at creatively, then let that be the story. Like that's a, you know, it, it's okay saying we need to, yeah. I, James Gunn, or I, you know, Chris Pratt or whoever, like, I'd like to move on after this. Um, if you're going to use that to your narrative uh, benefit, then that that's a good thing, even if we're going to be walking out of there with some tears in our eyes as we say, oh, man, Pete, I take back what I said about Batista. That was a Oscar-nominee-worthy role when Drax 
died and, and you know whatever that might be at the end of the movie so you know bring on the best movie possible i think too with zoe saldana's absence given the the character at the end of avengers endgame scoots off that we've not picked back up with her in when the guardians appear in thor love and thunder that you know they're not immediately making it the search for uh gamora but you know that she's involved makes it pretty plain to see and don't forget we get the guardians of the galaxy holiday special this upcoming november slash december so as much as i think we're expecting like oh it's going to be a 35 minute silly romp like it could also be oh my goodness i didn't know that i would you know, because I love these characters so much, like now they've brought back Gamora in a way in this silly holiday special where it could be, you know, and now she's found the family to spend the holidays with or something like that. There's that potential there, too, certainly. I mean, don't sleep either, Matt, on the I Am Groot uh, shorts that stream apparently all at once on uh, Wednesday, August 10th. Definitely keep an eye out for that uh, as well. With that, Pete, we can now talk Phase 6, which has a lot less on the schedule, so we can go through this pretty quickly. Phase 6 will open with Fantastic Four on November 8th, 2024, Uh, and then the Avengers will return with Avengers The Kang Dynasty, May 2025, and Avengers Secret Wars, November 2025. That's right, two Avengers movies in the same year of 2025. So these names were uh you know rolling around the last couple days as being trademarked and then boom that they're used here um one it'd be nice if you know almost two years before it hits screens fantastic four uh gets a new director um given that uh the spider-man director John Watts has now left to make a Star Wars live action TV show. Um, and then two, you know, the ambition of two Avengers films within half a year of one another. Uh, I want this to happen. I, I really look forward to it. I, I got to wonder if this schedule changes at some point. Maybe, but I look at the 2023 schedule. Is it really that different than um, Ant-Man in February, Guardians 3 in May, and the Marvels in July? I mean, yes, those are different casts. I grant you that. But you're telling me that you can't just come up with a cohesive schedule to be like, and we're going to bang out all the all the Paul Rudd stuff for uh avengers kang dynasty avengers secret wars we're gonna bang all that out bing bang boom because we know that's gonna be special effects heavy because there he is in the bloop bloop land you know i i I feel like from a special effects workload perspective it's two avengers movies shouldn't theoretically be any different than any other special effects heavy marvel movie yes on its surface and they've talked about you know, as we mentioned before, oh, no more Avengers movies. We like the team up. So you get these guys and these guys. You get your Guardians and your Thor in in this film. Um, you get your Doctor Strange and your Wanda, which is an approach that works just as effectively. I think there's a far greater expectation when you stamp the name Avengers on it. And you need to do nothing more than look at Infinity War and Endgame and the amount of buildup that went into that and that these are an end point that phases four through six have now been labeled the multiverse saga, whereas phases one through three, okay, uh, uh, what was it? A a nine-year, ten-year odyssey was the infinity saga yeah i i hope they can nail that level of ambition it it's okay if it gets backed up i mean we've seen this with star wars they 
They move the date on um, the rise of Skywalker. Um, you know, there's there's differing opinions as to the level of success, uh, but commercially, uh, yeah, they they made it happen, and and there you go. So, Pete, before we turn our attention to the last movie discussed at uh, the Marvel panel for San Diego Comic-Con uh, and, indeed, the next Marvel movie to come out, Pete, there does seem to be one character missing from this whole discussion. I don't remember who you're talking about. Pete, you might not remember Spider-Man, okay? Maybe you were part of Dr. Strange's uh, spell there to erase him. Um I think well, worth keep really only Peter Parker, if I can break <laughs> the the bit here. Uh, but yeah, if only Marvel Studios had sole possession of those rights. Maybe one day, but I think the the answer to why there's no Spider-Man on the schedule is that it's not uh, Marvel's schedule to announce when it comes to Spider-Man. Um, I would imagine in the near future we get a date. However, I think Pete. They, discussions must have already happened internally, particularly with Marvel choosing these dates, because the, the dumbest thing in the world would be like, you know, Fantastic Four comes out November 8th, 2024, and oops, Spider-Man comes out the following weekend. Like, then you're just picking each other's pockets. I do think if we... Can, can we start with this, Pete? Since the movie has yet to be made, it's probably not coming out in 2023. If so, I mean, the Marvel... The Marvel schedule for 2024, um, you have a, I mean, it is Fantastic Four that, that, that comes out last in that calendar year. Could you do Spider-Man five weeks later, as you did from Eternals to No Way Home? You certainly could. Um, I think 2025, you know, same thing. It seems that Marvel is, Marvel is kind of, has returned to the February may uh sometimes july and november dates there so i feel like anywhere on the schedule even if you discount or if you take out of the mix some of the untitled marvels which probably are not the spider-man movies but even if you know fine july 2025 there's an untitled marvel maybe that's maybe marvel gives up that date to facilitate a spider-man release in, you know back in the summer that sort of thing if you think there are going to be movies that bear the moniker Avengers and don't have Spider-Man or Spider-Men in them, you're out of your mind. And if you know anything about Secret Wars and the groundswell, Matt, of support of our Spider-Men who appeared in uh, No Way Home, yeah, it's simply a matter of time until casting announcements are made. So the final portion of this was uh, left for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, there were, certainly were heartfelt words from director Ryan Coogler uh, as he thought about the loss, uh, but spoke about the emotional presence of Chadwick Boseman, you know, a, a spiritual presence, of course. Uh, and I think that that was certainly the way to open the, the Black Panther portion of things. They had, uh, you know, musicians there in Hall H um, to open with this. And my brain just goes back again to the still raw loss of Chadwick Boseman now posthumously nominated for um, an Emmy for What If, um, coming up on two years here since his passage. And the unenviable task of making a film after um, Kugler had finished writing a film for him and, and lamenting all the words in it he'd never get a chance to say. I'm sure we're going to hear, you know, about the adaptation process from that to what we ultimately see. And I think the trailer still wisely plays it coy. I mean, it's definitely making uh, indirect reference to 
T'Challa's to to Black Panther's uh, demise, how that's going to uh, be portrayed. uh, We'll have to see. Um, And, you know, I think you don't identify the passing of the mantle in the first footage that we've seen here. So I think that's wisely done both in the trailer and, and then in the poster. I know that it's been announced that the uh, Wakanda Forever prologue music will be coming out in the next couple of days. It does make me think, do they, you know, have they tipped their hand a little bit by having, you know, w- will the movie present a prologue, maybe even prior to the, the Marvel Studios logo that just takes us through the loss of T'Challa, however it might be. I, I think from a narrative point of view, you need to give that the credit that it deserves, but you also need to do that and be able to move on. I, I think uh, of the the uh, fabled montage at the beginning of Up that just takes you on the journey of life in four and a half minutes and and you know wrecks everybody in the audience in the process, but also gets the the character where it needs to be for the movie proper to continue. I think that might be, that might be, I don't want to say satisfying. I don't want to take any joy out of the, the situation that, that they were in to make this movie. But I think that we all need the shared catharsis to be able to let go of the character of T'Challa. Uh, and maybe that's a way to do it upfront to just deal with it let there be after effects as the, as the trailer suggests. But, you know, I think it's, it's something that something that we all as an audience need to experience together so that the movie can continue. We'd not seen a a single thing out of this film. And obviously on top of the death of its star, they had had so many issues in making it. I feel like it's a success just to see anything from it at this point. I mean, there was still speculation, not just my own, whether or not it had still come out in November. Well, coming out in November, uh, it is uh, confirmed here. Uh, the cast took the stage uh, along with uh, the introduction of Tenak Huerta as Namor. Uh, the introduction of Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart. Uh, and of course, she'll be getting her own Disney Plus series uh, as well. Uh, and also uh, Michaela Cole as the Dora Milaje named Anika. Uh, and then, Pete, they played the trailer, which, you know, it it, it is so powerful. The, the, there's the music. There's... The, the fierceness of Angela Bassett. There's the mural there showing T'Challa, showing Chadwick Boseman. There's there's tears shown in it, and there's tears shed while watching it. I don't think people are truly prepared for what they're going to do in this film on a number of levels. The, the things, the details that are uh, out there about this. Um you know, that it, it will end a phase and the importance of it to do that, you know, much in a way like an Avengers Endgame, uh, this is a super important film on a variety of levels. It is. And I had always said, certainly to you, I don't know how often I said it on the podcast, but the mandate for the trailer you know as fun as trailers can be and so forth this trailer had to and i think successfully has spelled out what to expect from this movie just in terms of that emotional tone and and taking us on a journey that is larger than you know spandex people fighting or you know and certainly the first black panther movie was more than that in terms of an aspirational view of things um but now there's this added this added notion that you know again in in the name or or, or in the in the environment of entertainment there needs to be real life things acknowledged and all of that and and again it's just a magnificent 
magnificent trailer that I think could have gone for more sadness. Um, but, you know, as it tells us in the beginning, you know, no cry, you know, to kind of to, to take the moment and to, to somehow try and find a next chapter to find hope after a loss and so forth. You know, it, it's it's a magnificent trailer and it's set up some very, very high expectations. And we look back at all these announcements and it's been the pattern, but given how far out in advance they're doing this, not one sequel of to directly any of these projects. And again, not that there won't be another Black Panther film, that there won't be another Shang-Chi film. Uh, they publicly discuss that stuff, but that they're not announced here, that there's some spots in between. And then you have the Spider-Man um, absence as well, understandably so. Uh, these these can change. I just want people to be prepared. This slate is not set in stone, and uh, we're still not out of a pandemic. Well, now that we know to call it the multiverse saga, now that we know that we are approximately... But there's no direction, Matt. <laughs> Clickbait, you know, 24 uh, told me so. I, I, you know, again, I just, I look at, I look at what is now the phase four panel the phase four slide shown there at san diego comic-con i mean there's just a there's such a richness there of the journeys that we've been on for wandavision for loki falcon the winter soldier black widow okay fine black widow was a little bit of a uh a flashback story and b uh yelena belova prequel movie but you know shang chi hawkeye doctor strange thor you know uh, as you said pete i don't think any of us are quite prepared for wakanda forever eternals was a journey as well ms marvel wonderful as well you know it it's about you know to to use that mid-2000s phrase it really is about you know marvel all new all different and we can see which characters are still around to be able to make it to um to um avengers secret wars you know do we lose people ahead of time who are we adding along the way who's gonna who's gonna gobble up um february 2024 untitled marvel and february 2025 untitled marvel and all that you know there's there's such a vibrancy to what is now the multiverse saga and i can't wait to see how it gets further uh further focused in the coming years that Kang is named in that first Avengers film. This is all the direction that it's headed in. And, you know, you look back at the rollout of Thanos in the end credits of the original Avengers. Okay. So we've had he who remains in season one of Loki season two is going to obviously pick up there and that'll be after we have Kang in Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania um, so this is he is their Thanos that they're building towards will that be over and done by the time that Secret Wars uh, comes around well again if you know what goes on in the comics there um that that's the farthest out they've announced and interesting that you had the Russo brothers within the last 10 days talk about their ambition to possibly do secret wars someday. Um, yeah, Pete, I get, at some other time I'll check out the gray man on Netflix, which has not been reviewed well. So sometimes you can take the directors out of Marvel, but, well, maybe they don't bring the Marvel with them to other things. Regardless, Pete, as you've said, lots of potential flexibility built into these schedules. So, you know, buckle up. We'll see where the adventure takes us. The adventure, Matt, made possible by everybody at patreon.com slash fantasticgeek. Yes, our thanks, as always, to those who support us there, making sure... 
the behind the scenes storage and bandwidth stuff is uh is uh given a hand there by that support so thanks as always uh, it, it really really does mean so much each and every single month uh to see that we have folks there on patreon.com slash fantastic geek everything we can do to give our contributors there uh you know what they're coming for uh takes just a dollar a month to get behind that door can't contribute right now get yourself over to apple Podcasts where you can leave us a rating or a review that helps us just as much to any of our 30 very shortly to be 31 32 podcast feeds with she hulk attorney at law and andor joining us in august let's keep the marvel cinematic universe discussion going how can people be in touch with you on twitter to talk about anything as soon as she hulk attorney at law or as far flung as secret wars in november 2025 you can find me on twitter at peter p-i-e-t-e-r-j-k-e-t-e-l-a-a-r 12,657 followers can't be wrong and while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do me in touch the podcast, comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek. All one word with the P and the H like it today. Pete, the next time we will be discussing the MCU should be for a She-Hulk preview in the near future. Uh, also on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we have some star trek discussion uh from san diego that uh that appeared yesterday and uh certainly looking forward to more star trek lower decks in the near future for now though pete i will say adios in this the marvel cinematic universe call listeners and give you the final word talk to you soon